It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, JT. Here in Vegas, we thank everybody who listens to the show all over on the Raiders mobile app. Uh, go to Raiders.com, brand new podcast, the Raiders Roundtable. I host it with Q Myers, uh, Q, our program director and our evening drive guy here, depending on when you're listening, right here on Raider Nation Radio. Bucky Brooks was our guest, and we went over the Kansas City loss and looked ahead. The new podcast, please put it in your podcast portal uh, for the Raiders at Raiders.com, all their platforms. I think you'll like it, the Raiders Roundtable. Uh, Kevin Bollinger will do it, join us in a few minutes here. I think he was out at VGK practice. He was in Kansas City with the Raiders. I'm looking forward to our conversation coming up here shortly on what he saw in Kansas City, especially with the fans and what was happening on the field and all the Devontae news. Uh, Fish in Berkeley. Thanks for holding, Fish. Go ahead. What's happening? JT, I'm going to give you my grade. I'm the professor of a class for one moment, and the way I grade my class Fifty percent of my grade is participation, homework, preparation, all that stuff that you do at home away from everyone else. That's fifty percent of my grade. Now, twenty-five percent of my grade is how do you do on the weekly test I give you, mm-hmm. and the other twenty-five percent is the pop quiz that takes place within that test. So, if we put this to football, the Raiders checking off all the boxes: participation, homework, class. You know, they doing well, but the weekly test, which is the game, well, I don't know. And then the pop quiz would be situational football that occurs in each individual game. So right now, I, because the, the Raiders are my favorite student in the class, I give them a C-plus. Go Raiders. Yeah, that's a fair grade. Uh, look at that. Fish and Berkeley checking in. Dyer, the professor. It gives the Raiders a C plus. I would have somewhere in the C, right? You could have C, C minus, C plus. I mean, you can't give the Raiders a B at one and four. Can't give them anywhere near an A. So he broke the ice. Your grade for the Raiders here, final hour of the show. And what's encouraging? Because when my report card came home as a kid, I tried to take it out of the mailbox before my dad got home. If you, re- if you grew up in that era, do you remember that era? They eventually find your grades. They eventually find the letters. But it's kind of nice to stall it along. What's the grade for the Raiders as we open up this hour? 702-365-9200 as we continue. And, look, I think the preparation and what they did in the offseason was really good. It was really good training camp and preseason. Everything was clicking, and then they've had a lot of bad luck, and they played poorly. Kevin Bollinger joins us from Fox 5 right here. He was on the Kansas City trip. I saw him at the airport. First, how was your travels to and from Kansas City? Because it looked like a real hostile environment, Kev, on TV. It was. You know, the travels uh, to and from are, are always uh, great because Raider Nation's always on board all those flights. So it makes it uh, uh, a lot of fun uh, flying in and out of whatever way city we're at. But uh, certainly, uh, as usual in Kansas City, a hostile environment. 
Uh, it was a holiday for a lot of people on Monday, so they were out there early tailgating and partying, uh, and then uh, you know moved that uh, inside. And I think the fact that the Raiders silenced the crowd so quickly and early uh, in that game that when they finally got something to kind of get behind, as the Chiefs made the comeback, uh, it made it uh, even even more of an atmosphere that uh, was was uh, you know very very loud and and as usual uh, dramatic. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5. So, Kevin, you saw the turn of events on that roughing the passer, which most people believe wasn't roughing the passer on Derek Carr. It was pretty easy for me to see that those fans were rocking at that point, losing their minds, throwing some objects as the Raiders went into halftime. And then it seemed like the officiating really changed. Did you feel that in the press box, that the calls were going against the Raiders? They almost felt for some fans like makeup calls along the way, especially that holding on Malcolm Kuntz on a field goal. You never see that called. No, you know, it's interesting. You would think at the NFL level that you would not see uh, something swing as dramatically as it seemed that the officiating did. A make call, that happens all the time, but it's usually one call and then move on. And uh, it's that it was not the case on Monday night. And I know the Raiders players and coaches can't talk about that because of the, the fines uh, that they'll get from me. But everybody saw what happened on the field, uh, and, you know, it's uh, All right, Kevin's... enough to win that game on their own. All right, Bobby, get try- well, Kevin, hold on a second. We're going to try to get a better phone line for you. Uh, phone's breaking up here, and I, I definitely want to keep talking to Kevin. So Bobby's going to try to get him in a better spot, and we'll continue. He makes a good point. You know, Josh McDaniels is always going to talk to the officials with respect. At his press conference, for sure. When he's at the podium after a game, he doesn't want to get fined. Plus, he doesn't go down that road. So, Kevin, you're right. Josh McDaniels is not going to go down the road criticizing the officials. It's not in his DNA, but Andy Reid kind of went there. Andy Reid talked about it and really got that topic going in Kansas City. He did, and Andy Reid maybe has a little more cachet because he's been in the league for a long time uh, as a head coach. Uh, But... Certainly, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, the, the Raider fans believe that they already have a target against them with a lot of the officials to begin with. So, uh, you know, why why put more of a target on with a specific crew, especially Carl Sheffer's crew, crew that is uh, known for throwing a lot of flags in every game that they're in. Kevin Bollinger, Fox 5, the sports director. So when did you get wind of Devontae and the incident in the tunnel? I know you've got to get the elevator down. You've got to get there for interviews. There's a lot of the process there, and you know the protocol in the tunnel when teams are leaving and coming out on the field and where to be. So walk me through the timeline for you covering the story. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because in Kansas City, when you come down the media elevators, and because the game was so close, a lot of times I'll come down early and watch the rest of the game uh, in the tunnel um, but because the game was so tight, I wanted to make sure that I, I was seeing everything, uh, you know, firsthand. And so I came down right after the game was over. And the way Kansas City is set up, you have to go through this maze to get to the other side where the visitors are. But they block you off until the Chiefs have made their way into the locker room. So I was a little delayed in getting there. And then we did a one-on-one interview with Max Crosby for our news at 10 o'clock. Uh, and so I didn't even know that anything had happened until – probably a little bit later than most people on Twitter, our immediate reaction when locker rooms had opened while we were talking to Crosby was to get to the McDaniels press conference to ask him about the decision for the two-point conversion because in my mind, that was 
the, the biggest storyline immediately afterwards. Uh, and it was while we were in there with McDaniels that I saw the stuff about Devontae. Uh, and, and so that's uh, kind of where it took off from there. So, But uh, going back to your point as well, the entry and exit point for players, uh, all media know that you just keep a clear path for them uh, at all times when, when they're coming on and off the field. So uh, to see the, the, that unfortunate incident happen, uh, you know, he should have been up against the wall to begin with when the players are leaving the field. Wrapping up with Kevin Bollinger. So how are you covering the story with boots on the ground in Vegas, but sources in Kansas City in regards to what happened with the police report? We're waiting on the suspension or not and the fine here. And the Raiders are on a bye week. It makes it a little bit more complicated. As Albert Breer reported, the Raiders aren't playing. So maybe they'd come up with the decision by now if the Raiders had a game this upcoming weekend, which isn't the case. Yeah, you know, we uh, we are fortunate enough to have one of our sister stations in our ownership group mm-hmm. uh, in Kansas City uh, that has been on top of the story. And so we've been utilizing them in terms of everything that's going on from a police report standpoint uh, to give us uh, some extra information. They've done a great job uh, there. And, and we're just kind of doing our, our due diligence. You know, today's the day that normally uh, we would hear from Devontae Adams and Derek Karst, their scheduled days to speak. Uh, it was yesterday or today. Because of the bye week, we don't hear from them. Uh, so, you know, by the time we do hear from them next week, my guess is uh, that the NFL will have come down with some type of decision that there's going to be uh, some type of supplemental punishment. All right, Kevin, last one, the home opener for the Golden Knights. We had Shea Theodore on yesterday. They won in L.A., a rivalry game. A lot of the stars scored in that game. What's the optimism for you, this town, this city, this franchise? A lot's happened since last year, a disappointing year, very disappointing, missing the playoffs as fans here want to drink from the cup. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those seasons where I think that there's uh, an unknown factor with this team. There was a kind of a comfort level, I think, in the first five years from fans that this was a playoff uh, team, maybe not the first year, obviously, with with uh, that being a surprise. But after that, the expectation was at the beginning of the year that they were going into the postseason. Mm-hmm. Last year was the first year that they did not do that. And this year, we aren't really sure how this is all going to come together. They still have a goalie situation to take care of. Is Logan Thompson going to be able to jump up and be the number one when Lorenz comes uh, Is he going to, to slide in be in a point where they're going to make maybe a trade for a big-name goalie at the trade deadline to try and get them over the hump in the back part of the season and in the postseason. Uh, That's just a good situation alone, trying to keep everybody else else healthy. Mark Stone coming off a back injury. We all know anybody who's had a bad back. So a lot of unknown factors. This is a team that... All right, Kevin, Kevin, we got your phone going again, but I appreciate it. You were fantastic. Thanks to Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5 covering the Knights, covering UNLV, covering the Raiders, traveling with the Raiders. He does a fantastic job. We appreciate him coming on. Yeah, Vegas is Vegas might have to trade for a goalie at the trade deadline if Logan Thompson doesn't have a great start to this year and doesn't play well, and I hope he does, and that won't be the case. We're going to have to see how this plays out. But the home opener tonight, I know a lot of people who are going – and they're going to have a lot of fun. There's nothing like a Vegas Golden Knight game if you haven't been to it. Fans are in their seats early to see the on-ice entertainment. I'm sure they have something brand new that's going to be mind-blowing tonight as they open up at home at T-Mobile, and we wish tonight's nothing but success. 
All right, we got another guest lined up to join us. Tank Williams, kind enough to come in, the former safety in the NFL, now one of the premier analysts for Yahoo covering the NFL. Tank, I appreciate some time. Good to talk to you again. Let's jump in. I want to go back to Monday Night Football and Kelsey. Four touchdowns. The Raiders proved again that they can't guard him. Listen, I mean, there's so many headlines coming out of that game. You can hit the nail on the head with Kelsey. It's hard to believe that he had four touchdowns. Only 25 yards receiving, but that dude is just unbelievable. He balls out in all the greatest moments for Kansas City. We didn't know what that offense would look like without Tyreek Kill, but as long as you have Travis Kelsey, man, <laughs> you got one of the greatest players that ever laced him up. But let's get to the meat and potatoes of that game, and that's like overcompensation. And when I talk about overcompensation, I'm talking about Josh McDaniels going for it going for two instead of kicking the field goal in order to tie the game and have an opportunity to push it to overtime. But more importantly, the referees overcompensating with this rough in the past. I'm sure we're going to get to this, but it's just outrageous how Chris Jones can strip the ball from Derek Carr, tuck it away, actually like put his left arm down to try to prevent himself from coming down with all his weight on the quarterback, yet and still get a rough in the past. So like that just blows my mind. And really what it speaks to is the NFL owners are trying to protect their prized possession. And that's, Paying these quarterbacks $40 million a year, nobody wants to see backup quarterbacks. I understand that. But there needs to be some balance, some fine line between trying to protect your $40 million a year guy and also letting the game be played. Like, it is a game of football. It's a contact sport. I agree with the Tank. I'll tell you, talk about overcompensation. How about them calling a flag on the Raiders, Malcolm Koontz, for holding on an extra point, excuse me, on a field goal that was missed. That, that never happens, and there was no need for that to happen. It wasn't a fake field goal. So I thought that there were makeup calls by the refs. You've been in this league a long time now as a top analyst. You played in the game. It, does that happen? Are there makeup calls when a ref knows and a referee crew knows they blew a big play like that roughing the passer, that they come back with a ticky-tack call like that? That could have cost I mean, I the Raiders the game. They only yeah, lost by that's- one. That's a three-point swing. Yeah, that hits the nail on the head because it's usually a foul, but like you said, it's normally ticky-tack because they understand that they blew a call. Like, they can tell. They knew from the reaction from the crowd, and probably once they saw the replay, they were like, oh, we got this wrong. And so they wait for the perfect instance, and hopefully it's close to the play that they messed up where they can end up throwing the flag where it may actually be a penalty, but say if that prior one that they missed didn't happen, then they may have let that go. And so we see that all the time. It's unfortunate, and it's one of those things where you would hope that Somehow, some way, the league can get this right, whether it's instilling instant replay on some of these rough in the passer calls or some of these egregious penalties that impact the game this way. Something needs to be fixed because right now, I mean, you can tell that the fans are getting irritated, and once the product starts getting messed up and you start turning off the fans, then that's a really bad sign. So the NFL needs to fix this, and they need to fix it fast. Well, Tank Williams is our guest, and it's our job to give our opinions on how you fix it. So Chris Jones in the locker room Monday night said that you got to review that. you got to review the act of going to the ground and the fact that could he have got his weight off of him and what they should do. Should that be more of a reviewable play going forward, like pass interference and some of the rule changes we've seen over the last few years? I think so. And I think that there should be judgment calls where officials can tell like if there's malicious intent or if something's accidental. Because one thing that I disagree with as far as roughing the passer, like roughing the passer these days is like if a defensive lineman is rushing the quarterback, he sticks his hand up to try to bat the ball down to prevent him from throwing the ball. If he accidentally grazes the quarterback's face mask, that's roughing the passer. Like even that to me is like 
it's crossed the line. Like you, you're not allowing these defensive guys to go out there and execute their job. And what does that do? That prevents them from putting money in their pocket and providing for their family because they can't go out there and maximize their potential on the field. Yet at the same time, you allow the quarterbacks and a lot of players on offense to get away with whatever they want. So the disadvantage to the defense is only getting more and more skewed. And I think that's something else that would probably help if they were to uh, implement replay into these calls. Tank Williams joins us from Yahoo, former NFL safety at Tank Williams 13. All right, Tank, what should be the fair penalty phase for Devontae on pushing the individual in the tunnel there mm-hmm. and what happens going forward? You know that he's a real high-character guy, but the yeah. NFL is going to make their decision here. They're going to look at it. What do you think is a fair penalty phase for Devontae Adams going forward? You know, someone made an interesting point I saw on TV where they mentioned Ron Artest. I think it was when he fell out of bounds in the NBA game and, and kicked uh, a cameraman. I believe Dennis Rodman. That was Dennis Rodman. That was Dennis Rodman. Yes. Yeah, it was Dennis Rodman. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so obviously the NBA players, they play more games and stuff like that. But regardless, you can't contact uh, another person in that manner. Like, it was inexcusable. I understand he's frustrated from the drop the collision with Renfro, ultimately them losing the game, they felt like they should have won. But all that needs to stay between the white lines. And so once you start doing that kind of stuff off the field, then it's an issue. The, the NFL should look at it. And if he's penalized with uh, with a fine and or like a one-game suspension or something like that, uh, I'm totally for it. Because what, what they need to be able to do is deter that from happening uh, within the other players. And so whatever penalty they feel is sufficient in order to deter other guys from doing something in that manner, that's what they need to do. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I'm pretty sure he knew once he did it that it wasn't the smart thing to do and that he shouldn't have done it. And everyone, after seeing that video, they probably feel the same way. But yet and still, there needs to be some penalty in place to where guys know for sure that that's not allowed in the NFL. All right, Tank, so what do you think's going on this year? There's a lot of teams that are losing. We've mentioned the Raiders losing these dramatic games. There are other teams like, I'll stay out west, Russell Wilson doesn't look right. The Chargers, their coach is crazy on all these wacky fourth down calls. <laughs> the Eagles are undefeated. The Giants beat the Packers. Are you sensing there's some parity creeping into the league? Is parity back where this thing could be more wide open than ever? Uh, actually, parity was back last year. I mean, and the perfect example is that the Cincinnati Bengals played in the Super Bowl, and no one anticipated them doing that, where you draft Joe Burrow in the first round in one year. Uh, he plays okay, and then he comes back the second year, misses like maybe the last few, four games, whatever it was in the season, and then you draft Jamar Chase the following year, improve some of your uh, skill position players in the line on both sides, and then you end up going into the Super Bowl. And so... That showed me right there that parity was in the league. And, and it's always been this way, but there were always more dominant teams. But what happens is this. You get early in the season, and pretty much everyone has equally skilled players all across the board. Some people have better players than others, say, for the Buffalo Bills. But when you get into these games and whoever is able to win those close matchups early in the season, they build a the confidence. They get that momentum, and then they're able to carry it into the meat of the season and usually those are the teams that separate themselves from ones that are like maybe the Raiders where you have some bad luck, you lose a few games that you're supposed to win, and then you just kind of get on a bad run. That being said, I was on the Tennessee Titan team my rookie year where we started off 1-4. and four. 
We went on a hell of a run and made it to the AFC Championship game, so that can happen. Mm. But in this instance, there is a lot of parity in the league, and so any team can get beaten on any given Sunday. And that's why football games, I would say, over the past couple of years have been some of the best ones that we've watched in a long time. Wrapping it up with Tank Williams. Tank, what do you think is going to happen in Dallas with Cooper Rush still winning games? They got a big test with Philadelphia. It says a lot. In our conversation, if they beat him, what does Jerry do with Dak? And what's really more importantly, what's going on in the locker room? You've been in the locker room, and you, when you see something like this brewing, and a younger player or a player making a lot less money is outperforming the vet, what happens in that locker room and on the practice field? Do you talk about this? Is this something you talk about over lunch or you text your other teammates uh, with? What's going on in Dallas? Well, if Cooper Rush was actually outperforming Dak, then that could possibly be the case. I mean, but honestly, what you've seen happen in that Dallas Cowboys locker room is this. The defense said, all right, we're going to be without Dak until he comes back, then we're going to have to ball out. And what have they done? They've harassed every opposing offense that they face and shown that they're the best defense in the league. On the opposite side of the ball, you finally have some of these weapons on the outside stepping up. But more importantly, what are they doing? They're running the damn ball. Whether it's Zeke or Tony Pollard hitting a splash play, like that run game has always been the Dallas Cowboys meeting potato. And now that they're able to lean on that, like Cooper Rush only threw for like a little over 100 yards in the last game. It's not like Cooper Rush went out there and won that game. He just let his playmakers win the game, and he made sure he didn't lose it. And so that's how the Cowboys have been able to string these wins together until Dak is back. But trust me, they found a way to run the ball now. Once Dak gets back and he's able to add that passing element that they've shown with a healthy C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and all these guys, man, it's going to be a sight to see. The one thing that I'm actually upset about is that we won't see them at full strength playing against this Eagles team. This is a team that I thought would be really good coming into the season. I didn't think they'll be undefeated at this point, but they're playing solid ball and offense, special teams, and defense. Jalen Hurts is in the MVP race. Uh, this is going to be a really fun game to watch. I mean, I didn't think that this game would be this big at this point in the season, but, man, the NFC lease has turned right back into the NFC East. Quick, fast. One more tank. Is San Francisco now going to run away from that division or the world champ Rams going to get healthier, figure out what to do? They, they've lost two in a row. The Niners have won two in a row, and Jimmy G is finding a rhythm again with this team. Uh, tell me what happens in the NFC West. Uh, the Rams look broken. Their offensive line is in shambles. Uh, they can't run the ball. The only passing threat or the only threat that they really have on offense is Cooper Cup. Everyone knows that he's going to get the ball. He balls out every game yet and still. like Teams are allowing Cooper Cup to get his, and they're just eliminating everything else. They're counting on sacks, strip fumbles. They're counting on Matthew Stafford to do what he does, turn the ball over. And the defense isn't playing up the part. I'm not sure if it's missing Von Miller, some of those other pieces that they had last year, but – they're giving up big chunk plays on the regular, not turning the ball over at the same clip, not really giving the number of pressures that they did last year. And so that team just seems like they need to find some dog and play with a certain tenacity and also get some better play out of the offensive line, whether it's guys getting healthy or just bringing some other guys in to kind of shore that up. But getting for the 49ers real quick, as long as Jimmy G plays clean ball, they should be fine. Kyle Shanahan and that San Francisco 49ers staff, They've been able to scheme up some incredible runs over the past few years, and it seems like no matter who they have at running back, they're able to run the rock. Debo Samuel is a cheat code. They're not even throwing the ball to Kittle. So once they add that element back to the offense, along with Brandon Ayuk, they have firepower at all the skill positions. And then that defense is always competing at a high level. Hopefully uh, Bosa isn't uh, that banged up, Nick Bosa. Hopefully he'll be back soon. But other than that, man, they've been playing sound ball on defense. 
they're playing clean ball on offense, and Jimmy G hasn't had one of those Jimmy G moments where he has a crazy turnover late in the game that ends up ruining it for him. So as long as he continues to play clean and let his playmakers ball out around him, he's a better version of Cooper Rush, basically. Like Jimmy G, like he's a good quarterback, but he's kind of like Cooper Rush. Manage the team, let your playmakers ball out, don't lose the game for your team, and you should be okay. Thank you, Tank. You know, I always enjoy the conversation. Really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. There he is, Tank Williams, comparing Jimmy G to Cooper Rush for our Bay Bay Area audience there. I like his information on the Raiders and Raider Nation. How about that guy? He was a hell of a safety in the NFL, and his team started off 1-4 and and went to the AFC Championship game. So I don't have the list because there was a list I saw. I think the Raiders put it out on one of the TV shows, teams that started 1-4. and You know, there have been a few that have gone to the playoffs, but it's a few and far between. So it's tough to go to the playoffs when you're 1-4. and But we just had a guest on who did, and he was able to do that, and it talks about starting off again with that type of intensity and get ready to get going. Troy Aikman admits that his comment, take the dresses off, was dumb. Cancel culture is going after Troy Aikman this week because of his comments that he said during the broadcast between the Raiders and the Chiefs. Aikman, who said the NFL should, quote, take the dresses off after a controversial roughing the passer penalty, the one we've been talking about it, admitted today on 1310 the ticket in Dallas that the comment was dumb. He said, quote, yeah, I mean, my comments were dumb, just shouldn't have made them. Just dumb remarks on my part, he said on the radio. Aikman, just before hitting halftime, used that after that turnover that should have been for Kansas City, ended up leading to a Raiders field goal there. Uh, People are assuming that Aikman made a sexist comment when referring to the penalty. I do not. It's a term used in sports our entire life. Get over it. It's Troy Aikman. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's a great broadcaster. Now he has to go to radio and apologize for a comment like that. Uh, A lot of people say that. Take the dress off in a football game and a physical play. Maybe I wouldn't say it if I was on network television. He did. So hopefully everybody forgives him in society. Everybody's so wound up by what people say. And Troy Aikman gets a lot of money to talk behind a microphone. 702-365-9200. When we come back, Johnny Katz will join us from the Review Journal. He's got information on the All Elvis show that's coming to Legends. And we have Katz on because he's the elite entertainment reporter in town. You need to know what to do here. Last night I went out for live entertainment. I don't know what's going on tonight. Didn't get any text or invites yet. Cats will tell you what's happening. If you're coming to Vegas, where the good times are. A lot of people come for football, but also want to see a show or a concert or go to a great restaurant. Johnny Katz joins us next. We had a play that we felt really good about. We thought we would get a look that gave us a shot at it for sure. Uh, we had a chance. We had a fair fight at it. You know, they played it a little bit better than we did and uh, gave ourselves an opportunity to take the lead there and, you know, and then maybe put a little extra pressure on them when they had the ball. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Just trying to be aggressive, trying to win the game. Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Raiders. I will pursue and continue. And we'll have our sit down with him every week. It starts back next week where I sit down with the coach. On Tuesday, as the Raiders prepare ahead for the Houston Texans, big game coming up. John Katzalamidis joins us. Johnny Katz from the Review Journal. He is the guy who tells us what to do. And, man, I was looking at some of your videos, Katz. Usher, 
this residency, you and I have talked about a lot of residencies here. It looks like Usher had a big run and will continue to have one. Tell us about it. Oh, man, yeah, he just came back last night. It's good to, good to be with you again, JT. Um, yeah, last night I went over to, to his, uh, the return to his, uh, of his My Way residency at Dolby Live at Park MGM, and uh, it was on, man. It was, uh, it was electrifying. He has sold out um, all of his shows through the end of uh, this year, which is all, all the weekends and Wednesdays this month, the month of October, are wiped out. He sold them out completely, which is a very good performance in, a, in a still a pretty fickle ticket-buying market. And, uh, yeah, he, um, he, he, uh, the crowd was, is dancing when they come into this show. You know? yeah. <laughs> but he brought his girlfriend up on stage. It was, it's her birthday uh tonight and his birthday is friday night so there was a repeated call out uh for birthdays throughout the show during last night's show and um it was just a, it's uh, i can tell you it's a very well produced show he has three plat performance platforms in the show the regular stage there's a rounded um uh encircled stage in the middle of the venue and then there's a, an elevated stage near the near the balcony where he performs an extended yeah. uh, medley as well. Very well produced. He's an expert showman, and he's in, still, in the, I think, in the prime of his career. Very, uh, you know, what can you say? You can't argue those sales. They've extended him into March of next year at Dolby Live. So yeah, and I'm looking he's at, hot right now. Yeah, I'm looking at your videos on Twitter. There was a portion of the Usher show where he, he puts on roller skates. Yeah, he's a big skater, you know, out of Atlanta, and yeah. uh, he takes it seriously. Yeah, skate music is a thing, and he uh, he brought that originally into the Coliseum when he was over there. And I, you know, at, when I first saw it unfolding, I'm like, "What is this?" You know, in a, in a stage show, I'd not seen it before. I'm like, "What are we doing here?" But they're they're beautifully choreographed. All the dancers skate, and he's an excellent skater, and he considers it a true art form, and it's wildly entertaining. I mean, it's really crazy. He, he uses that the, that uh, runway that goes around the the GA uh, pit at Dolby Live and s- skates around there, and then that morphs into a uh, into a kind of an adult club, a strip club scene that he has a, a, a multi leveled uh, dance club scene from from a club in Atlanta that he used. To, it's replicated that. So yeah, he he uh, he uses all facets of his upbringing. It's a very autobiographical show. Looking forward to it. Johnny Katz is our guest from the Revealed Journal. I'll go see anything that Lin-Manuel Miranda is about, from Hamilton to all of his other productions now in the movies. And he's coming back to Vegas. Tell us about that. Well, he um, before Hamilton, uh, he was behind a, a, um, a musical production, uh, a dance show called Freestyle Love Supreme. And um, it's run around the country. It's run on Broadway. It just closed out on Broadway. And they're bringing it in as a resident show in November to the Venetian in the Summit showroom. This is where uh, Derek Huff just closed there, another dance show, and where Human Nature used to play when it was called the Sands showroom. And he's the, the original producer and creator of the show. And they have a different cast, of course. You know, Lin-Manuel Moran hasn't been in the show since its inception, you know, years ago. Um, but they're bringing him out. They just announced on November 16th and 17th, he will be performing in the show, and this is an improv hip hop show where audience members shout themes out to the uh, the cast, and they pick up on the theme and they start beatboxing it and dancing to the theme. So they they'll say something like, "Give us something you're sick of," and somebody will shout out, uh, "You know, political advertising," and they'll develop a number, and sometimes these numbers go on for ten minutes about that theme. And uh, Lin Manuel Miranda made, created it originally. This is 
before even Hamilton. It helped set the stage for Hamilton. But it's going to be the residency show, and he's going to help kick it off. He's not going to be in the permanent cast, mm-hmm. but he's going to be out here to help uh, you know, generate the original uh, interest in it. I'm really interested in this show because it's yeah. really different. Johnny Katz, our guest, as we wrap it up. I didn't know the Punk Rock Hall of Fame is opening. What is that all yeah. about? Bobby, who runs <laughs> the show, who, who connects with the uh, we, we love music. Let's hear about that. What's that all about? Okay, the Punk Rock Hall of Fame is going to be um, down on Western Avenue next to Little Darling Strip Club. All right, okay. it's going to open. It's going right. to open on. And you know we know that place well, right? No. Um, it's going to open January thirteenth, and I just got word of this a couple of days ago. I happened to be having lunch with my friend P. Moss, who founded Double Down Saloon, oh, and best. he was talking about the punk rock, and he's an icon. And he was talking about the Punk Rock Hall of Fame. And I go, what are you talking about? He's just being announced like today, you know, this is two days ago. And I said, wow, that's interesting. And I, and I looked at him and I go, are you going to have anything to do with this? And he goes, well, I'm managing the bar. <laughs> what? And it's called the Triple Down Bar. You've got the Double Down Saloon on Paradise Road. And those of you who remember the old days, the Hard Rock Hotel, know about Double Down. It's, it's Kitty Corner from there. And, uh, and, and, uh, and it's still from uh, Virgin. Mm-hmm. And, um, He's going to design and, and co-manage the bar uh, at the at the Punk Rock Hall of Fame. So the punk or the uh, the Punk Rock um, Museum, and it's going to have a whole bunch of punk rock uh, memorabilia. Fat Mike Burkett of uh, NOFX is the uh, creator of it. They're going to have all kinds of stuff from Johnny Thunders, Devo, Debbie Harry, Scream, Fear. Um, Amy Allen is involved in this of the interrupters. All these are huge punk uh, icons, mm-hmm. and they're going to have a lot of their uh, instruments, uh, cost, uh, stage attire, uh, memorabilia. They're going to have a merch shop. They're going to have a tattoo uh, studio, um, and and a live performance venue there. And and uh, and the bar element is going to be kind of the center of it. So. There you go. January 13th, it all opens up in Las Vegas, 12,000 square feet, and all about punk rock. Hey, last thing, I want to tie it back to Mark Davis, who you know well, with the performers there over at Allegiant Stadium. Don Felder did that six-minute mm-hmm. Hotel California. It was fantastic. We saw Carlos Santana this year and a lot of entertainers. I think that's something, and you know all these people involved, to do a deep dive on this process of what the Raiders are doing and budgeting it in for entertainment during these games. I mean, Raider fans want to win games, and we know that, but it's Vegas and it's entertaining, and the production value of these pregame performances, halftime, it's special. I mean, people are blown away when they're in the middle of a football game, going to the bar at halftime, and then going back to their seats to see an entertainer. Yeah, you did that. Well, that was when Felder played in Orianti, you know, the great guitarist mm-hmm. from, the, from the Michael Jackson, This Is It, uh, you know, show from, from years ago. Uh, highly regarded guitarist was playing with him, and so yeah, you're coming back from yeah, you're 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 at the at line, and you know, come back to your seat, and there's Don Felder playing the uh, the solo for Hotel California live. I mean, and they, I'll say this: those guys, um, Brad Finney and his team, uh, who work with uh, with Mark on the entertainment. If you're a headliner in Las Vegas, you have to be in town during the the uh, Raider game, and your residency runs alongside it. There will come. And look for you. They will yeah. try to get you involved. <laughs> We've had Neil, Neil Sean from Journey, another one, mm-hmm. uh, Carlos a couple times. And, uh, you, you know, there, if you're, especially if you're a classic rocker, you know, and Felder is the most recent example. We had Sammy Hagar in, yep. in, in, the, in the, the 
uh, Allegiant Stadium, they will come, they will reach out to you in some way. If it's not for the anthem, it's going to be for halftime. And ideally, they would like these performers to be able to perform uh, and plug in with uh, David Perico and the Raiders' house band because they've got the full band up there and they can play with anybody. So they've done that a little bit um, here and there, but that they would like to be able to do that and bring in, you know, um, you know, a rock star that can play a, a quick medley along with the band, and then and just the band alone is a huge effort, and that is all about Mark Davis, the, the local, the Las Vegas band that they have the the Perico outfit, and that has really evolved into something really cool. That whole place behind where you guys do your setup before the mm-hmm. game, yeah, by the torch. I've always said they should name that, you know. <laughs> the Davis Music Club or something. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not it, right there as a scene. You know? Yeah, when I'm sitting at the torch and you've been there with me and I'm looking back mm-hmm. at the crowd and I see the entertainers and I get there early in the morning at times, drop my bag off and watch dress rehearsal. So when I find when mm-hmm. I know that there's someone like Felder or Carlos, I try to get in there and get a little dress rehearsal in there and hear them. Uh, Cat's fantastic as always, man. You do it better than anybody here in town. Thanks for telling us what's going on and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you soon, brother. Thanks for having me. All right, Johnny Katz, go follow his column there. As he talked about this Usher show and some of the residencies, we had a whole bunch more to get to, but we were running out of time. Check out Katz and his column there to see everything he's doing and his podcast. He's really connected here in town. The Mariners just scored two on the Astros on a throwing error. Ground ball to the pitcher, he threw it away, threw it past the catcher, and a run scored, and now Seattle's got something going. Top of the fourth, Seattle 2-1 over Houston. That game's on TBS. I'm always fascinated how TBS gets baseball. I don't watch much baseball ever on TBS. Then they get all these big games in the playoffs. So the Yankees are rained out. Bad weather in New York today. So this is the day game. And we still haven't heard from a Dodger fan today. And I call that gutless. We haven't heard from a Dodger fan yet today on the broadcast. And the Dodgers lost to the Padres yesterday. And the series is tied at one. They're going into San Diego. Fortunately, there's a lot of Dodger fans in San Diego. There's a lot of Dodger fans that are going to make that trip. But typically, the tickets are much cheaper in the regular season than they are in the postseason. So we'll get into that when we come back. If you're a Dodger fan, are you concerned about the pitching, the bats, or maybe San Diego getting hot? What's cause for concern? 702-365-9200 when we come back. And we'll wrap it up, and we'll tell you what we have planned next week. I'm calling on some Raider legends to light up this show next week. Red. We're at a point in time in the season where these games are now must-wins to get back into where the Raiders should be, around 500, right? To get to 500, it's the first step. So we'll bring in Bill Romanowski to light a fire on this whole block here. It's going to be special next week. Yeah, I love it. You know, we were all fired up. Thought Josh was in, from my point of view. He wasn't, and it's frustrating. It's hard. We get the ball back, throw one to Tay. Thought it was a catch. We all thought it was a catch, and uh, we're getting into field goal range and going to win the game there. And we get it back, and we get another chance, and we don't, we don't, we don't make it happen. And it's hard, uh, frustrating, all those things. But I love going for two in that situation, especially on the road. Derek Carr talking about going for two. It failed. The Raiders lose by one. JT. What a big week here on the radio. I want to thank our partners, Remy Martin. You just heard that coming out of break. I went with my buddy, Remy Martin, out to Scottsdale and Tempe. Saw Washington play ASU. Visited my son. 
We went to an unbelievable restaurant, Maple and Ash. Just got to tell you about this. If you love a restaurant, and I'm just plugging this because Remy Martin is a proud partner of this place. It was incredible. Maybe top three restaurant of my entire life, and I've been lucky to go to some cool restaurants all over the world in my life. This one was near the top of the list. Maple and Ash in Scottsdale. If you're going for the Super Bowl this year, make it a must. It had so much Vegas flair inside there. The menu was incredible. The service was off the charts. I'll be going back there again. Wow. For Super Bowl, when we have our Super Bowl coverage there, I don't know how tough it's going to be to get a table there, but Maple and Ash brought to you by Remy Martin was great. What an experience. I would go back there the rest of my life. It was that good. Let's get back to the phones. Houston, out in L.A., what's happening? You're on the flagship. Hey, what's up, brother? Uh, make a long story short, man. Let me, like, fly outside because wifey's working and she's got her hands up in the air like, you know, get the heck out the road. So, I, yeah, back, back to what's going on. I'm off today. I'm getting married Sunday. But I've been a Dodger fan, Raider fan since 81. Mm-hmm. But I've been a Dodger fan since, since birth, brother, to be totally honest with you, man. Because my mom, she was a sports fan. My dad... He only liked boxing, man, because all he thought about was just, you know, working, 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 which is, you know, during that generation in time, that was the only thing that, that mattered as far as he's concerned. But, make a long story short, I'm not worried, not one bit, man. First of all, San Diego, they're like the little brothers to the little brothers. Nobody even considers them, but they got a squad. So, we have to consider them a second. We just lost to them in the playoffs. We've always had decent pitching. I'm a little bit worried about that right now because – some of my aces, man, you know, they're, 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 they're not looking as good because of the injuries. But uh, what's really got me a little nervous, I'm not looking past San Diego, is uh, Atlanta. I don't know how they've been doing so far, but we make it past San Diego, which I think we're going to do. We'll go to Atlanta mm-hmm. and, and, and breeze past them. Then we'll be straight. Man. Atlanta fears. I got a little bit more fear in Atlanta than I do San Diego because Atlanta and the Cardinals, have been schooling my Dodgers for years, man. Ever since Davey Lopes and my mm-hmm. guy Mike Sosha, you know what I mean? You know, he's on enemy territory right now, but I remember the old school Sosha, the catcher, you feel me? All right, and- so you're not worried. I got it, my friend. I got it. Appreciate the call. Excellent. Thanks for calling in as a Dodger fan. Not worried about the Padres. Worried more about Atlanta. I love that. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a diehard. I'm a diehard Yankee fan, and I am freaking out. I'm worried about Cleveland. And then Houston's playing now, and I am the biggest Mariner fan you've ever met. I want Houston to get beat. And if they lost today, they should have lost game one. They would have had them on the ropes. As a sports fan, I want to play the worst teams all the time. As a sports fan. I don't need to play the best. Okay? I want to play the worst opponent available as a Yankee fan. So I'd like to see Houston get eliminated and the Yankees play Seattle. And when it comes to the Padres, the Padres lose all the time to the Dodgers, but once in a while, or every once in a while, they get lucky. And it's a five-game series in baseball, which makes it so fun. Now, the championship round of the American League and National League, the ALCS and the NLDS, that will be seven. And the best team usually wins in seven. But in five, you can run into a hot pitcher or a few hot bats. And if Machado and Soto can pick up the pace here in San Diego. That series is going to be fun to watch. Dodger fans have to be gripping and freaking out as we speak. Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, thanks for waiting. You're up ahead. Good to talk to you, Mitch. How are you? Good, uh, JT. How's everything with you? I'm real good, uh, thanks. I'll, I'll give you both quickly. Dodgers, the, the bottom half of that lineup. Cody, I don't know how he got $19 million. He should be just begging to stay on that team for minimum wage. 
I'd rather see Joey Gallo out there, and Trey Thompson's been a great story. Uh, I give the Raiders a D. UCLA's been playing better. One at uh, Dominic Sue, hmm. and that quarterback for UCLA, I hope he's a backup for the Raiders next year. Thanks for taking uh, my call. Yeah, pretty, you, know, you mentioned the quarterback for UCLA, DTR. He played at Bishop Gorman where my sons played, and he was, at the time, he was just a quarterback that was a runner and was pretty flashy. Now DTR is incredible. And I really think he's a Heisman hopeful. He should be. What he's doing at UCLA and the performances he's putting up is Heisman-esque. And he's doing it out of Bishop Gorman here, the powerhouse in Las Vegas. So it's good to see that. There's a lot of quarterbacks now running around playing football who went through the Gorman system. And I love it. Texas Tech quarterback, and we're looking at UCLA and more quarterbacks to come. So that's a lot of fun there. 2-1, Seattle over Houston. So I'm heading out to Oklahoma to visit my son. Is this a home run here? Okay, it's a fly out. They got out of the inning. A deep, deep fly ball by Tucker, and Seattle gets out. So I'm off tomorrow. I'm back on Sunday on Sirius XM uh, Radio. I'll be on Mad Dog, and then Monday we have a big week. Big week lined up for Houston. The coaches interview, a couple of Hall of Famers we're reaching out to, and great players as the Raiders will come off their bye week, hopefully recalibrated, rested, focused, more healthy, especially Darren Waller. And we'll find out what's going on with Devontae. And if, the, if there is Devontae breaking news today, tomorrow, the next couple of days, you'll find it here first on Raider Nation Radio. And that's going to be a big topic because the NFL is taking their time. Why are they taking the time? What are we waiting for? Look for that breaking news if it happens today or tomorrow. Thanks to Bobby for a great week of radio. Thanks to Harry Ruiz, who stepped in for me. Uh, you can follow me on all platforms, at JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook. Have a great day, everybody. Q's on deck. He'll have a big show, as he always does. And we'll get the Raiders back on track in the win column against Houston when we come back next week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the night. And thanks for listening to Raider Nation Radio. Good to go? All right, travel safely home.